Welcome to Roadcase, the podcast that explores the live music experience. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Josh Rosenberg, and I'll be taking you on a journey through in-depth interviews with performers and key people in the industry to explore the magic of live music, how it can be totally transformative for both fans and performers, and we'll look at how they take it all out on the road. It's going to be a great ride, so here we go. Okay, welcome back to Roadcase. Thanks for joining me. This is your host, Josh Rosenberg. I'm really psyched for you to be here. I'm winding down the first season of Roadcase. Uh, this will be the second to last week. So I'm really excited to have you here. And thanks to everyone for your support. Um, and uh, for those that don't know, you can support Roadcase in a number of different ways. We have a Patreon site at patreon.com slash roadcasepod, uh, where you can visit our site and support the podcast in a variety of different ways. And you can also follow us on the social medias, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, the handle's at roadcasepod. Um, you, we also have a YouTube channel, Roadcase Podcast. Another great way to support Roadcase is to rate and review uh, this podcast on your favorite listening platform and subscribe to Roadcase as well while you're there. And uh, I'd love also to hear uh, hear from you. Um, uh, a bunch of listeners have emailed me, and you can do that at info at Roadcase Pod. I'm always happy to hear your comments, suggestions uh, for guests, etc., or just say hi. So I'm really happy to have this week uh, with us Jessica Mindrum and Blake Norris from Audio Tree. Audio Tree is a company that publishes and uh, helps record live performances, uh, sometimes at their studios in Chicago, other times at uh, Lincoln Hall and Shuba's, uh, two local Chicago venues that they own. So frequently at those performances, there are live interviews, not during COVID, but uh, pre-COVID, uh, when these bands would come to play at the studios or at the venues, um, there would be interviews with the bands between songs. And that's what uh, Blake and Jessica uh, would do at the time. And we would talk a little bit about interviewing bands. Now they book uh, bands for uh, the various audio tree live performance uh avenues and um so we'll talk about their um uh, all the different types of bookings that they do and the types of live performances that audio tree features in their different channels i particularly uh find interesting the far out series of audio tree performances which features bands playing in different types of locations uh outside of the studio uh kind of a um, little bit of like a video type of scenario but uh i really think it captures uh the band's personalities really well um we'll talk a little bit about what's going on today in terms of uh where we are in touring and where we are with live performances coming back but uh you know the key thing to think about with audio tree is they were offering live performances uh before covid uh, before this whole bullshit pandemic thing hits and, um, they, uh, so they were really out in front of, uh, the concept of, uh, we can't go to music venues. Let's watch a band online. So, um, 
that's what's really interesting about audio tree and their reach is far and wide and very global and uh it's great to talk to uh blake and jessica about that and they're just fun uh people to talk to had a really great time um jessica's also a musician she's got an ep coming out on may 21st and we'll talk about that a little bit she's got a a really gorgeous voice um and i've listened to a couple of those cuts and those are it's great stuff so i want to thank everyone for being here for this episode i want to thank jessica mindrum and blake norris again for being here on this episode of road case and here we go Okay, I got Jessica Mindrum and Blake Norris here from uh, Audio Tree. Welcome, you guys. What's Hello. up? Hey, uh, so Blake, you're you're and wait, Blake, you're you're joining us from uh, Michigan, right? Grand Rapids? Are you? Yeah, out that's there? right, Grand Rapids. Uh, I've okay, here for five years now. Oh, really? So you moved down to the city at one point before you even started with Audio Tree, but then what then you were like fuck it i i, I don't want to be here anymore <laughs> yeah kind of i'm actually i'm actually from all over i was born in the south and then i grew up in like rural iowa and uh, then we moved to chicago right after i graduated college uh my wife and i and uh, so okay. then like, we lived in chicago for five years uh, and then we moved to here had enough huh and- yeah <laughs> honestly i would have stayed but like we wanted kids and like yeah. I have kids now in Grand Rapids and it's like hell. And so I just can't even imagine having children <laughs> in Chicago. Not maybe, my kids. They're amazing. Maybe just it's happy. just the kids part that you don't like. I don't know. I'm not going yeah, to I'm not going to read too much into that comment. But Jessica, you were you're from around here, right? Yeah, I grew up in Oak Park. Oh, okay. um, so I, as someone from Oak Park, like to think of it as like, it feels more like a neighborhood of Chicago to me than a suburb, but, um, yeah, yeah I think I so. Except park. if you go like, it's like straight West from my house and you got to drive through some pretty sketchy neighborhoods, but I ride my bike all the way out there. It's fun. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I think Oak Park's a great place. And, uh, yeah. But now I live in the city. Oh, you do. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was telling you earlier, I just want to go on the record with this, that we're both national fans and that I've been singing your cover. Uh, I've been singing Pink Rabbits because I was listening to your cover and you have such a beautiful voice, by the way. And uh, that's such a hard song to sing, especially at the Tonic Room in Chicago, where the traffic's like rolling by right outside the window. And that was like an audio. It was like an audience recording. And I'm like, oh, God, I feel so bad for you. Like it is. I'm just like not in that mode of hearing people talk during a show and it just bugs me during the show. And it bugged me, especially because you have this beautiful voice and it was really quiet and it's beautiful guitar playing. And I love that the hollow body Telecaster, by the way. And um, um, how that's just really, isn't that just so frustrating? It's pretty frustrating. Thankfully, like I've had a pretty good experiences of like not having too many like uh, gigs where people are talking over me, but it is very much like trying to shout into like a rainstorm sometimes. I know, right? Being like, I can't compete with you, so I'm just going to sit here and I'll I'll sing my songs and you can listen if you want, but I'm not going to fight you on it. Yeah, well, it didn't sound like that at all. It's just like, because yeah. it was, I think it was someone just recording the uh, the video from like the middle of the room. It was like really yeah, striking. I remember it was a guy who just showed up and he just recorded my whole set on his uh, phone. And I was like, thank you. This is nice. Thank you, stalker. Yeah, well, a little bit. <laughs> But then also, like, at least I don't have to, like, think about uploading stuff to YouTube because this man just did it for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's that. There's that. Thank you, sir. Yeah. So you guys, um, 
are at Audio Tree and we're hosts, and now you're both bookers, right? Yep. Um, so do you wish, well, now, I mean, so I, now I just learned you're not doing hosting during this COVID period, but um, can you kind of take me, I know we're, we're like so many months out from the beginning of COVID and I was thinking like, okay, let's not talk about last March and what happened, but I mean, if you really want to, we can, but um, what's that progression kind of look like during this period where, you know, Audio Tree and other kind of these streaming services are looking like geniuses because they were already in the space, right? What's that sort of look like? Anyway, yeah, I mean, we got true. a dual interview thing going on. Uh, if you guys, I don't want to choose sides, but you know, any one of you guys no, just no, jump yeah, in you or whatever. Go first, you want me to go first? Uh, you can go, Blake. I trust you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I would just say, like from the very beginning, it was funny because we we had a session actually on like March what, Jessica, like thirteenth or it was like fifteenth, like the Monday after lockdown. We, had we just learned. Yeah, yeah, we were going to Netflix, but they were literally from what? Thailand? Yeah, they they were from they were from Taiwan. So Taiwan. Like, oh, the so band. China, it was the it was like, the uh, I know you guys got several different series, so this was the worldwide series. Yeah, so these ones oh, at no? the time this band was just doing an audio tree session before oh. we had worldwide because they oh, were okay. coming into the states from like yeah, from not mainland China, but from Taiwan, mm -hmm. which is you know, Chinese, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, so they came in and did a session, and then that was the last session for six months or something like that. Oh. We just took a break entirely. We stopped doing sessions. So then, what ended up being really positive about that is all of our like backlog of content just started like people just started getting on their computers right like all day, all the time, mm -hmm. and we just like exploded in terms of our viewership. Mm. And like fan base, just because people were looking for like new music to be found. And yeah. so even though we took a break creating more content, in a way, it ended up being like really beneficial to us because people were just spending a bunch of time with our backlog of content. Yeah. So not only did you have like a big, yeah, the backlog, obviously, and you were already doing live shows, right? That were being recorded and shown. So yeah, yeah it was a good yeah. opportunity for that. So Jessica, you were telling me about how you kind of moved into Audio Tree and became a host and now you're a booker. Do you miss mm -hmm. being, well, what, what were the kind of your hosting duties? For example, well, at the, so the two things kind of go hand in hand. Like Blake mm. said, like I still host when oh. we have hosts and Blake, when he's in town, will also host, um, especially because like our role as bookers sort of help the hosting process because we've, you know, looked up the band. We've been in contact with the band, mm. we know about them. So we have like, you know, a, a place to we have knowledge about them, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, hosting duties are, like, are, on the one hand, very, like, hospitality in terms of, like, being at a venue. You'll have a point person who's sort of, you know, if you need anything, let me know. I'll get you water and snacks or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then also uh, we do the interview. And some other – an important uh, hosting role is, like, kind of, like, holding their hand a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> because – some bands are very nervous and I get that. Like as a musician, I have watched, like, I was thinking about this, like maybe like at this point, 500 to 600 audio tree sessions. Mm. And I am terrified of doing one as a musician. It sounds so really? scary. <laughs> so just as a host, you have to sort of be like, everything's really okay. So we're like, 
we're like, hey, welcome. You're going to be like, we're all your buds here. Yeah. And we're on your side. We'll be here to catch you when you fall. Exactly. So that is sort (laughs) of like, like from the moment that a band arrives at Audio Tree, like we come down and like we have a freight elevator and that thing lifts up and we're like, what's up? And we're like very, like we're going to be here for Yeah. Like we know you might be a little scared. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of a hosting from top to bottom situation. Yeah, well, I, I can see that both of you would be good at that, for sure, right? So, what's your view on on hosting? Hopefully, you said hopefully. <laughs> what's kind of your view, Blake, on like hosting versus booking? And um... yeah, it's interesting because, like, historically, especially starting out as there was there was only one host, and then it was me for a while, and then honestly, as it kept going on, just me, I started to feel like really burnt out about it just because it's like we were doing at that time probably 20 to 30 bands a month for a while, Mm. like seriously, like almost like doubles. Yeah. I mean, we were just doing so much and it just got hard versus picking like, you know, you reached out to us hopefully because you thought we were interesting people already. It's like when, when there are just so many bands coming in, it's hard to like feign interest. And I'm not a person who's very good at being like inauthentic. That's not some kind of brag. It's just, I have a lot of difficulty, like pretending I'm into something that I'm not. So Mm -hmm. I just, for me as like a participant, it just dawned on me that like, I need a team. And so what ended up happening is like, we were going to move to Grand Rapids anyway. So I was like, well, this is a really good time for me to figure out how to like put a team together so I can still come back and do them when I want. But like, um, yeah, just have more than me and have different perspectives and different like just different ideologies. It was really important to me to put some women behind the microphone because I know that that's like fairly rare in the music industry, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So over time, a bunch of different people like flitted in and out of it, which includes Jessica towards the end. And Jessica started being like a really like um, reliable, consistent one. So she was like part of like the core team. And then when my old booking department partner left, I baked Jessica asked to be it. And I told my bosses, like, I want her on my team as a, like, as a booker. So we can be the booking team because I think through my experience with her as a host and her own like view on music, I think we have the same idea about what we think fits Hmm. in the studio. Not, not that we have the same taste in music because actually a lot of our taste in music is pretty like divergent. Yeah. Maybe it's good to not have the same taste sometimes. Yeah, totally. Totally. But we have the same, not have complete different divergent ideas, but yeah, the same values. That's interesting. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's so yeah, I love booking, but I, I miss hosting and I don't like, I, I just like the fact that I can still do it. Uh, like well, sometimes. I say, do not know how you did as how you were the sole host. Like, I know that you're like a, you're an extrovert. So it works out. Like you can talk to people without getting exhausted. Right. But I to, to do every single session would just wear me out. Well, when you said, uh, yeah, to that, to that point, Blake, when you said you needed the team, was that just to do the additional research, to write you up notes to, um, at the time, I know, I was just I know like, I, like, sorry, I like, I know how hard it is to like, do the research on of band, course. Yeah, guests and I'm having an, et cetera. Yeah. 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 So I think for me, it was more about just taking the load of actually being the one in there. Like I would, because it's like, um, 
as I slowly developed more booking roles and more roles around audio tree, it just became like another thing that I had to do that was just taking a lot of energy. And it's honestly a lot of just, as you know, like it's a lot of just mental energy to prepare. Like it's like stuffing your brain before a test. Like you want to just make sure you've got like you have notes, but you just want to just make sure you have a bunch of stuff on the top of your head. Yeah. So you're like, oh, well, I don't want to forget this and I don't want to forget this. And I want to make sure that I ask them about, like about knowledge, it. But you also have to deliver it with like personality too. Yeah. Like, oh, now I'm feeling so much pressure now, actually. <laughs> yeah. You'd better be perfect. You're among, I feel like I'm among friends. That's okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's the, the goal. Yeah. No, what were we going to say, Jessica? I was just going to say that, uh, one, that's the goal. And two, uh, having to like study for a test that you have to take and they also grade you on your likability. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's like qualitative and quantitative. So how, how big is the team, Jessica, how big is the team that you guys work with? Um, well the audio tree live team. Uh, so day to day at a session, the team is about, so four camera crew, um, two audio engineers, um, host and broadcaster. So mm-hmm. what's that, like eight people Yeah. about, um, so audio tree live in a session that it's about eight people and then, but audio tree at large is bigger. And then audio tree also owns Lincoln hall and Shuba's. Right. So in terms of staff at large, it can be as much as like a hundred. And then if you go down to the, to the minimum, it's about eight people who make the sessions happen. Yeah, and I'd say on our oh, okay. digital team, it's probably what Jessica like twenty that just does digital, like the digital wow. side. It doesn't have to do with the venues. Oh yeah, like wow. if you just really like Audio Tree proper, yeah, or whatever. It's about twenty, yeah. And so it's you're shooting one. both. You're taking it. It's great that Audio Tree is owns Shubas and Lincoln Hall, right? Which are two. Local venues here in Chicago, renowned venues, great venues. Lincoln Hall's, what, cap, like 500? Yep. Yeah. And Shuba's is like 200 25-ish. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, they're both wonderful venues. Um, the casual nature of Shuba's is just fantastic. If anyone um, is ever in Chicago, if there's any band that they know that are playing at Shubas, I highly, strongly, at any point, to either of these venues, Shubas is really cool. If it's a lot of times I've experienced like larger bands, and then when you've got like a one performer of that band solo, sometimes they'll come to Shubas, and like you're just they they just stroll right. You know, you're like you want to meet your favorite one of your favorite artists. I mean, and they're playing at Shubas, go because yeah. it's yeah. just like part of oh. Hi, I'm Carl Bramel of my morning jacket. You know, go. Yeah, yeah. Like kind of like a, it's kind of like a hang more than anything. It is like, really, yeah. They go to, Shubas to see an artist they love, but then they should go to Shubas just because Shubas like kind of rules. <laughs> yeah, I know. And conversely, I think uh, probably artists might know that if you're an artist and you don't want to talk with people, don't yeah. perform at Shubas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to say that that loud. Sorry, no, Jessica. sorry, Jessica. What were you saying? you are an artist and you don't like mingling with your fans afterwards maybe steer clear i know i say that but it's okay so it's better i'm glad that i'm hearing you say that too because i kind of feel like that's sort of like they need to know that part yeah. <laughs> There's nowhere um, to hide. what's that There's nowhere to hide yeah yeah so you guys had these um 
these uh these uh these performance venues obviously in performance spaces um going in to uh COVID. i mean it's kind of they've owned these since um i don't know when but maybe 15 or 16 yeah yeah so five or six years um and then you also have an audio tree separate studio that you do performances in how does that how do you kind of decide between those two and how does that work i would say from since our primary, like in terms of our duties, our primary duties are to book like Audio Tree Live as sort of the first step and then distribute it elsewhere if it if it's not a fit for that. Mm-hmm. So deciding like deciding whether a band would um, like be filmed on location at specifically Lincoln Hall, but Shuba's as well would be a decision made either after they have turned down an audio tree session or or said yes to an audio tree session and also want something else. So basically like we have the infrastructure to film a band at Lincoln Hall mm-hmm. and we have the filming capacity, like the literal like wires, it's already wired in. We just have to like set the cameras up because right. we've been doing that for a while. Even pre-COVID, we were doing like live stream series from Lincoln Hall, but they were not ticketed. So when like COVID came around, that's when we started getting into more of the like ticketing live stream part. Mm -hmm. So that's an even more complex part of what Jessica and I partially will be doing moving forward, which is figuring out what bands who maybe couldn't play audio trees still want to play at our venue and then passing it off to our team that does the ticketing stuff because we don't necessarily do that so audio the audio tree studio is a uh is the default and then if they if you for us uh-huh if they're coming in sorry go ahead like our dominion is audio tree live Mm -hmm. and like far out and now audio tree worldwide um and in the normal times it was also lincoln hall like filming at lincoln hall but now we so like moving forward we still will have a part in Lincoln Hall stuff, but mostly our 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 job lies in the studio and uh, other digital content and other digital series. Right, right. Um, so, how do you see it going forward, you guys, um, in terms of streaming? Will you be offering ticketed uh, streaming to individuals that are not able to make it to the show? Yeah, I think like part of. So I think part of the business model of Staged, which is the series that we've had during COVID um, at Lincoln Hall, is that like yesterday we were talking to someone and he said like a true thing that most people are not going to be able to see their favorite bands, you know, like just because of where they live or or because of a price point. So I think the uh, pandemic has shown light on that. So moving forward, we will... um, offer ticketed live streams for in-person shows, but because on like, that's also good for people who live far away or again, don't like, don't have the funds, but it's also a great way for artists to make more money. Cause like, that's kind of the goal of a lot of what we do is to like offer a revenue stream for yeah, bands. Yeah. Yeah. You guys do 50, 50. Yeah. So to be like, Hey, you could possibly sell out Lincoln hall. What if you could sell another, 500 or however many online tickets that'll just add to the money that you take away from the show that you're playing. Yeah. Um, Even a band who wouldn't necessarily sell it out, but who would put 350 tickets in there, 
even five more online tickets is better than none. And it doesn't yeah. take a bunch more effort on our end to film it. Well, know? still, you're taking a risk saying if there if it does end up to only be five and you are filming well, right. it, um, you know, I guess there's there's, uh, yeah, there's after the fact revenue. I didn't hear what you said, Jessica. Oh, just that's definitely a scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Who know? You know, I guess you kind of get a feel for that as you go along, like who's where, what their fan bases is. And you can understand that and who wouldn't want to, who would want to come to a show. And um, I guess some of the thinking is what's the venue they played a couple nights earlier and were they doing a video? Right. So yeah, it's an interesting, it would be an interesting dance, but the 50, 50 thing, um, how what's reaction from bands on that i mean i know like i talked to um uh the um the head of uh noon chorus um on the show uh andrew um jensen and they do um i was thinking about it because i saw 50 50 i'm like andrew jensen does uh, he just keeps fees but I don't know what they're doing now, essentially, but I know you guys have the studio and you have a lot of camera equipment and Noon Course doesn't necessarily um, create that type of scenario. They can, I think, but, um, uh, you know, 50-50, Audio Tree is doing pretty well with a number yeah, of different sure. uh, <laughs> with a number of different streams and all the content that you guys are putting together. For sure. I think the, the model for, for staged itself... I would have to like look at the contract, but those are skewed more in the artist's favor um, j- because of COVID. It's like 80-20 for, for staged, I'm pretty sure. But for mm-hmm. Audio Tree Live, it's 50-50. Because our thought there is that we're putting in the work to record them. They are obviously the artist themselves. Yeah. But um, when... Like, it's basically we're trying to create a partnership, not like a gig deal. Wait, but the 80-20, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. The 80-20 on stage is, is the, who's in favor of that one? The artist? Artist. Because staged is what? Explain that again. Is um, It's just a ticketed live stream. So it's like, it's like pay-per-view. Okay. You, uh, we would have a band at Lincoln Hall. We film them. There's no one in the audience, like right now during COVID. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. nobody in the audience except our like camera crew and some other people working. And that goes and so eighty that, twenty split to the artist. Correct. And the fifty fifty split then that I was talking about before is for Audio Tree Live. Okay. That's our split for Audio Tree Live. So when a band comes in, it's free for them to play, and then we take like a recoup of that, and after they're like. Um, conglomerate of sales or the aggregate of all of their sales over all the different platforms because we sell them. You can buy them on Bandcamp, you can watch them on YouTube, and then you can um, listen to them on any DSP, like mm-hmm. from Pandora to Deezer to to Spotify, yeah. all of those. All that aggregate adds up. And once they reach like the recoup, then everything else is split 50-50 in perpetuity or whatever, oh, okay. like... Okay. License they agree. So it's like content their- creation, which is free, but then kind of all the ex the um all the the after fees and everything that that are generated by that that is created and put online by your own by the audio tree team then is is split fifty fifty. Okay, interesting. Correct. Yeah, that seems uh that seems fair. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, so swift shift gears for a sec, Jessica. Have you ever been on Audio Tree as an artist? I have not. You no, didn't book her, uh, Blake? I mean, come on. I keep asking her to do it. You can tell you can say I keep asking her to do it. Are you I I think that um I have I think about this a lot. One, I'm scared. 
too. Oh, good. I'm glad I opened up. I hope I, I yeah, really hope I opened up a can of worms. Seriously. I think I have to earn it more <laughs> because like I, it would be nepotism if I got on, like I, I do, I have released music, but I've played in like three cities that aren't Chicago. So I think, once I have like maybe toured a bit more and or released an album, right. maybe that, but this time, no, no. Well, you've got a full-time job, right? <laughs> Presumably this takes up quite a bit of time. So I do have a full-time job, but I, it does sort of like go in and I can, I, I sort of utilize like the studio at work to record my music. Yeah. And so it's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the bookers. So, and that 50, 50 deal sounds pretty cool. decent. So maybe you should take try to take advantage oh, of that. Goodness their emails and really (laughs) charm them yeah yeah so jessica do you miss um hosting and questioning and interviewing um oh yes but also no Mm -hmm. because um it makes me very nervous and it takes a lot out of me to host Mm. Um, but i do really like like right now it's actually kind of a perfect scenario in like that right at I this am, moment when I'm interviewing you instead of the other way around, that's a perfect scenario okay, yeah, for you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This is just so we're clear. <laughs> yeah. Um, but right now at work for, I am like the point person right now for, I am the host because I'm like the person that loads the bands in and like is there to say hi and yeah. chat with them. And stuff. I just don't have to go on camera and talk to them on, on the, on camera. So it's mm. kind of like I get the parts that I like and then the parts that scare me, I don't have to do. Oh, well that's, that's the ideal scenario, right? Yeah. But what, I am. What I part do scared want... you like not being on camera, right? Or yes. Or oh, um, just like, uh, I don't know the interview portion. Sometimes I was like, what if I, I don't know, anxiety, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just I can't think of some. Oh, it's also because I've had bad experiences hosting. Well, everyone does, but like just well, the times when like my brain like completely short circuits and I can't think of words. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, like it happens now? To no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can edit. I, I can edit. It's okay. No, I'm kidding. Like, <laughs> Blake, have you ever had a bad? interview see she's good at asking questions though come on see i know that? yeah see that how great. she threw that over there for me yeah yeah she's trying to bail it she's trying to bail the attention yeah, yeah there's that yeah, yeah there's that there's yeah, that absolutely. too <laughs> um yeah as she walks away from the from the screen right, right. yeah she'll be right back i gotta feed my cat i'll talk to you later um yeah yeah i've i've had bad interview here's the thing i've had bad interviews i just it was different for me because I just was forced into it and I had to like make it into something. So like it wasn't Audio Tree Live, the way it exists now only exists the way it does because I made it that way. Mm. Because I just made it to be the way that I thought I could do it best. It's just like a selfish model of like, okay. I think I'm going to do this because I only want this many breaks for this band or whatever. And I just tried out like all these different scenarios. And then one of my coworkers, Jane, who edited them all would send at the time would send me a bunch of like notes on what she thought I could do better. Right. And then it just slowly developed to that way. So like I had a ton of bad interviews over my time, but, uh, but 
I would say it's rarely because I'm not the one communicating well, if that makes sense. Like, I think, I think without like being an asshole, a lot of bands, like they don't think about their music. They just make it. So like the mm. answer to the question, like, why is it called this? Or why do you do this chord thing or something is so often because we got stoned that it becomes hard to like dig into it sometimes. So that's like my, oh, that's an interesting that's my answer. thing. Yeah, right. And that's why I wanted like, that's why I wanted the ability of like the host to be flexible between really serious and like, like deep topics and incredibly like whatever low key just about their life. Okay, So what was of. it about the model that allows you to do that? Cause you know, um, yeah, just the breaks it's, it's actually live. So like I yeah, come from yeah, an yeah. improv and theater background. Oh, so perfect. like I, all of my like skills are in sort of like making a moment happen. And so, so that's why like we built it around kind of the break between songs being the time when you chat because it only needs to be enough time for them to finish tuning, which means it could be like mm. one minute. And all I have to ask is like, hey, I like your shoes. Where do you get those from? And then they tell me and then they tell me that they're a thrifter and how much they like thrifting and that Chicago has the best thrift stores. And then I say, dope, go into your next song. So it's like, it's, it's that kind of thing, the like quick and dirty of it that yeah. I think I honed in early enough that I don't get caught in bad sessions. And if I did, I just cut them off. Like, do you remember that band? I and mean, I can say their name, that band Ocean Alley. There's no interview of that band because I asked them a question right at the beginning and they were like huge assholes about it. So then I just said, great, we're just not going to talk anymore. I was actually thinking about that as I asked you that question. Yeah. Dude, I, I, that, then, I, I think that would be fun though, like just to kind of fly by, just fly by the seat of your pants. And I mean, if they're, you're a dick, I mean, you can say someone's being a dick. I wish. Yeah. I'm just too. <laughs> no, I, I mean, wish. not, not that directly, but I mean, no. you know, Oh, you're not yeah. going to talk with me. Right, well that, I mean, that's an what interview. Kind of that's a kind of an interview too. Sorry, Jessica. I was just, those are the hardest interviews is like, well, oh, when this they won't talk. Yeah. <laughs> he does not want to talk to me. And I am, I am freaking spinning plates over here and you do not want to chat. Well, Jessica, so do, I, do you, do you tell now, them? Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I thought you were done. We now don't, we like in the past like year or year and a half, we're, we're now like, you don't have to do the interview if you don't want to, because I, like, we don't want to be the ones like pulling teeth, man. Like it, cause that sucks. Yeah. So how do you frame that when you ask, when we about the interview? Like, like, want to do the interview. And some of them are like, yes. Uh, or so, a lot of them are like, okay. Or um, you wouldn't say them, like, I'd like to ask a couple questions. Is that okay? Cause that's kind of like a little bit of a different question. Sure. Yeah. We don't, yeah, we don't even put like that kind of, it's not pressure or pressure, but like for some people, they like super don't want to talk. So yeah, we'll just say, do you want to do this? Right. Okay. And, okay. Yeah. 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 So you, but wait, but so like you weren't doing that before. That's why you got those shitty ones. You weren't even, well, how should. long did it take you for guys just to clam up and bands to clam up before you decided to make that an option? I'll a while, a while. Def definitely a how while. many times do you have to be hit in the head with a hammer right I mean, yeah what's that 
lately with my uh with my children i keep thinking about like um that there's some cliche like insanity is uh trying the same thing and expecting different results results. that's like the thing i just that's definitely like it it definitely felt insane for a little bit it just Mm. took a while before it was finally like oh okay this isn't just me like it's not my fault that this is going bad. Like we're like doing this kind of decently well. Maybe they don't want to do this. And so then yeah, we, when we yeah. send them a production, when we send them a production advance, it's like the last question after where they're from and how many band members and blah 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 is like to make everyone comfortable, we like to ask questions that you care about. So present some ideas that maybe you'd want to chat about and or if you don't want to do it at all, tell us now. Because, like, it's not necessary, especially bands that are extremely heavy, like to, like, not break their, like, badass rock vibe with, like, how old's your cat? So they, like, want to play, like, you know, just a chunk of music all together at once. And we're super willing to let them do that. Or people that have, like, transitions already built out. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Um yeah, I love the, I, obviously I love the interview angle and I just like kind of, that would be fun to do lot to do that kind of live interviewing. I mean, so how, how frequently did it just like, did it suck? And then you guys just sewed it together to not even have the interview portion. Did that occur very often? Later, later that would happen a little bit. For the most part, Ellie and Jane, who are our main editors, they just pull out some of like the silence and breaks. But we've left like you can watch still online a few really bad ones. If people that are listening and watching want to watch me fail really badly, you should watch nothing. The band Nothing. That session is brutal. And for some reason, our team left it up. But here we are, you know. Yeah. One for me to watch where it's really bad is LA Salami. LA Salami? Okay. Or ooh, ooh, this oh, this is bad because No, don't say that one cuz he yeah. yeah, don't say that one. I know which one though. That's a good one. Why? Because it's a bad band name or just uh, you don't we'll know? We'll take okay, it out. Right. Right. It's an actually interesting story. I just don't feel comfortable sharing it. Oh yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But so Blake, you've got this improv background. That's awesome for being able to like obviously improv yeah jessica so how like uh, yeah you now i was going to ask you like what what prepared you to do the the hosting but now you're saying how you kind of never really liked it as much well i do like it it's i have a weird love-hate relationship with it (laughs) well no in in all fairness you said you felt anxious about it and that's completely understandable right i mean yeah, it's just the, it's just the dealing with the anxiety of it. I think is like because I do like it because yeah. I've I like I've made a lot of like friends through it and it's really great and yeah. Um, but what I think I I have always been uh like I spent a lot of my youth as a middle schooler and high school watching like my favorite bands be interviewed mm. on YouTube and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's always been something that like I always have really really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, especially from like a songwriting thing. Like I've always had a hidden goal on audio tree to have like a songwriting series that hasn't come to a fruition yet, but there's time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I've just, I'm just really interested in talking to people and hearing how their brains work. So actually the reason that I wanted to in the first place was because there was a band coming in that I really liked and I wanted to talk to them, but then that band canceled. So 
I got stuck doing all this stuff anyway. <laughs> well, um, I mean, you know, podcasting interview is, 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 is a good place to be too. I mean, I still yeah. get anxious a little bit because I just want it to flow nicely. And so everyone listening to this is going, I, well, you're fucking failing at that now. <laughs> so, but, um, but still, cause like I kind of treat it like it's a live thing, but um, yeah. yeah, there's always that, you know, you want it to, to sound nice and, and, and flow and, and flow well, right? And flow like, well. Like <laughs> Sorry? Just sound like like some pals chatting. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, you know, I'm you know, we're sort of trying to make this happen a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Worldwide is an international series. So what's Correct. the big picture? What's your kind of mantra mission statement for that? When it was just at like when the pandemic had started and a lot of people were doing lives on IG, we were doing a bunch of bands um, performing live or little interviews or both on IG, on Instagram Live, just because that's all that made sense at the Mm -hmm. time. And we had this band that is from Taiwan as well, whose Mm -hmm. name is escaping me right now, but they did an amazing performance that like... How many people watched Jessica? Do you remember? Captain Lou, is that the band? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Is there like a really they, great Taiwan music scene? Because this is like not the first time you brought up Taiwan in this during since we've been talking here. Dude, I'm telling you, Southeast Asia ha- has maybe the coolest music that's like happening right now. Like, like I, relevant, I, like cool stuff, like that's just trans, yep. trans, uh, international sort of yeah. transcending borders. Yeah, just transcending genres. Like yeah, we just yeah, we, we just released a band that's like '60s surf rock, but somehow they sound like nothing you've ever heard of in that category. What's it's that just band? like uh, I'll look them up right now. The Blue Daisies is the name of the band I'm really um, I'm referencing. But um, okay, I was trying to remember where they're from though. But I'll I can look up that. Right, they're from Canada, but they're all Japanese. Japanese. Yep. Yeah. Ah, okay. Okay. So you were talking about the Taiwan band story. Oh yeah. So basically like, I don't remember how many people, let's say 30,000 people watched it live. It was a wow. lot. And we were like, what? Like what this many people like care about this from over there? Like how, how did they even find audio tree and how did whatever? So prior to this over the past years, we have like slowly found ourselves connected to a few specific scenes which includes bands from japan who play a lot of like math rock like um uh man uh, bands band name always escape me when i have to do this but like light or mouse on the keys those are both uh japanese bands that play that play like kind of mathy mathy rock so we've had a bunch of international bands in the studio who play Mm -hmm. audio tree live who have toured through chicago Mm -hmm. so when basically after that taiwanese band did so well on ig then we were like dude we should reach out to that team and ask her if she knows of other bands that might fit for like for, to film something and then what jessica we just put something out on social media that was like if you're an international band send us your stuff and we'll premiere it yep and we got like a lot of submissions and it well, yeah i bet i mean the the bar is not very high if you're just if you put out the shout out like you're just in an, uh, an international yeah. band right right yeah. right so how'd that but go I- down jessica 
um, there's a level of us, like we review the content. We're not just like, it's a free for all, like anyone goes. So like we watch it and there has to be like a level of professionalism to the stuff that they're making. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and uh, so it, but it started off as an, just an international series and we were only doing international bands. But then we were like, this is a little arbitrary for us to be like, no American bands. Um, so we opened it up to U.S. bands as well. And that's why it's Auditory Worldwide rather than international. Um, mm. And yeah, like right now, but still, despite that, um, we're still getting a majority international submissions, which I think is like kind of awesome because they're the bands that like touring is really expensive and not every band is going to be able to get to Chicago to do an audio tree session. So like, uh, okay. So that's kind of like the, the through line with this is just worldwide is kind of, okay. Where are the other good bands that aren't going to be traveling to our studios yeah. and let's just go ahead and, and do it's like, um, audio tree travel or something like not in Chicago, yeah. ex Chicago or something like that. Yeah. Not to suggest a new name or something, but no, not I, to change the name. No, not, not to, to you know, you know, guide your business <laughs> strategy or anything like that. No, cause I really was trying. That's why I was asking you initially, like, what is this all about? I'm just kind of, kind of yeah. trying to get it oriented. Like we yeah. have a band I think being released at some point that they're, um, they're from Guam. Uh -huh. So like, is a band from Guam going to, be like not to not to limit them i hope they come to america but you know yeah yeah well i mean it's the beauty of music today right and it's frankly probably a um a result of people audio tree and kxp and um youtube a small little thing called youtube right so um what, what was the, the the influences of the band from guam by the way i forgot uh, yeah I think that there were like, they were like math Rocky. Yeah. Math Rock is, big, is a big one, uh, especially, but that's also because a lot of our most famous sessions are math rock sessions. Uh -huh. So I think that people are drawn to audio tree. It might be like a chicken egg situation. Um, right, right. But I think that they were math rock leaning. Yeah. I think, I think guitar, I think guitar music in general is what attracts people to audio tree in the first place. I think yeah. that tends right. to be what people's first like audio tree session is. So you got to use a guitar to get involved. Yeah. Like, and it's gotta <laughs> be like guitar. <laughs> it's gotta be like guitar focus. Well, there's, cause you gotta have a thing. You gotta have some kind of thing, even if it happens accidentally because, or else yeah. you're just all over the place. Right. I mean, you know, you, you, we were talking earlier just about booking and values. Right. So, you know, let's have a guitar player, et cetera. Although I talked to John Vanderslice on this show, not to keep mentioning other guests, but it's like a good point of reference. But he was like, yeah. you know, if I see a guitar, if I don't see a guitar player, a bassist, a drummer and a vocalist, I just see like a guy doing a couple dials and somebody with a tambourine and another guy in the corner with a cello. I'm going, this is going to fucking rock. This is going to be really cool. Mm -hmm. But he's super offbeat and unique and interesting. So there is, there is that, right? But yeah. I mean, I listen to alt country and indie rock. So, you know, I'm like a four square kind of, you know, for sure. uh, from yeah. that perspective, but you do have to kind of have a philosophy, right? For mm -hmm. sure. And it's it, also interesting because we have the visual component as well. So it's like, talk about like, it's, yeah, yeah. Like we have to make sure that it's, because if it's a, if it's someone who's just on their laptop, that's not going to be very visually yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we, 
we have had that in the past, but it's always sort of like a web on a laptop plus like a loop pedal plus like, I don't know, like they do something that adds a little bit more to it. Right. right. Um, but yeah, like it is generally guitar focused, but we have been branching out a little bit, a bit more lately, but. Um, For sure. And I, I didn't mean that as some kind of exclusionary thing. I was just saying that like band, I, I think most of our fan base, that's also most of their favorite music. Yeah, that's, I mean, and I didn't mean of, to, I didn't mean no, to go no. off on that tangent example no, to say no, that yeah. you guys are being too guitar centric. I got a guitar. No, no. I, I like to play guitar. I, I love guitars. I yeah, like looking oh, at yeah. guitars, and I lo- and Jessica. So you were saying, yeah, it's sort of about audio tree itself. Well, it's about live music itself, right? Like mm-hmm. I. I love Sylvan Esso, but it's also, I love watching a guy play guitar. I love their music, but there is something that's, for me personally, and I still want them to come on the show, but I do like watching people play guitar. There's something very visceral yeah. about it. It's why rock and roll started on guitar. Definitely. Yeah. Right? Um, let's talk about uh, that Far Out thing then. Um, so right. that is when you're, and that's really cool to me is not that everything else isn't cool, but I like the notion of having other um, going in different settings. Is that what that is? That's fucking badass. And I saw like slow pulp and they put together that whom I love. Oh. Uh, they put love together that. Yeah. God, fuck. I just love them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd like to uh, have them come on the show. I, I, I just interviewed West Toledo. Um, cool. And he's uh, with uh, uh, he's roommates with the the other drummer from Slow Pulp, who's named. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and uh, so yeah, they it was like in a in a talk about thrift shop. I think it was in a thrift shop or something. It looked like some kind of clothing store, and the lead up and the video to that was really cool. The way they would, you know, and I I, I super enjoyed that. Um, yeah. So, what was the thought behind that, and what? Um, and uh, how is that that kind of thing? What's the progression there with this with the far out series? You want to go, Jessica, or me? Uh, I I think so far. So the only thing is that it started like right before I started at Audio Tree. But my far out essentially. So we have very talented videographers on our team who are very like they're movie nerds. They mm. are VHS nerds in the most loving way possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they have like a very niche interest and very like, and they have like a very like cool aesthetic yeah. and there's only so much that you can do with audio tree live in terms of the, like create the, the visual creativity. So I think they wanted to sort of branch out and find ways to make live music more visually interesting. Mm. More like um, filmy. Yeah. And more film like, so we also happen to have a very, very talented crew of uh, audio engineers who are able to make, um, you know, out in the field recordings sound like like studio recordings. Yeah, yeah. Those two things put together was far out, and so like one of the some of the first ones were at like the Damon Silos. Um, some of them were also at like uh, like a bodega. Um, Where are the Damon Silos? What is that? They're like south. They're in like South Chicago, I think. Um, but they're just like these deserted silos. Um, and it's it's the uh, loom far out if you want to check it out. Oh, okay. Um, one of my personal favorites is the boy harsher one because they like the video guys really sort of like no holds barred, like made it very cinematic. 
like they went to Lower Wacker at like midnight to get like this shot that's like right on the hood of the car. And you're just sort of zooming down Lower Wacker. With no other cars? Uh, yeah, no other cars there. Huh, cool. So I think it was sort of just like a vehicle to continue like bringing, you know, live music to people, but then also add sort of like an aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, it's the cross between the live in-studio performance and uh, a video, for example. It kind yeah. of felt felt like with, with great live sound. Has it been successful, yep. Jessica? Yes, it has. It's probably one of it like... It's funny because sometimes people will approach me and Blake and they'll be like, we don't really want to do a session, but can we do a far out? <laughs> and oh. we're, cause far out is more selective. That's and, code for, we don't we anyone have... want to, we don't want anyone asking us questions maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <know>. Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, also because, like who, what band doesn't want to be filmed in like a professional way with like, in like a, I don't know, the car mechanic place. Yeah, um, right. that'd be cool. Yeah, I think it so. Would, I think, yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, like uh, bands approach us, and what what was the question? <laughs> uh, oh, is it successful? Yes, it is. We have had a lot of views. Like our Deaf Heaven one has done pretty well. Chelsea Wolf. Um, mm-hmm. What's the most successful one? Do you know Blake? I don't know what the most successful one is, but the Basement one does really well. Yeah. Uh, on DSPs, like those also go to DSPs, so you can listen to the audio only. And on DSPs, actually, Liz Cooper, who's amazing, Liz Cooper yeah. in the Stampede, mm-hmm. I don't yep. know if you know them, but yeah, yeah she, she, they are amazing. And um, that DSP release is like, it has like 3 million hits or something like that. Like people are really into wow. that. Wow, wow. So that's been, that's been really, really cool. And that's another, uh, speaking of like the uh, business model of those, Far outs have no no um like recoup to them. They just start at fifty fifty. Like they start making money. We split the monetary aspect of it with them. Right. Oh, why is that? Uh, just because I don't know. <laughs> it's just, just trying to get people thing. more people to do far out or something. Yeah, I guess. That. I mean, I think uh, it just felt right in the early days based on the bands that we were doing it with, and we pay a minimal cost to set up the like um uh to pay the location like an on-site location shoot but otherwise it's just paying salaries it's like general overhead for a business versus our studio which is i love that series though i love just because it speaks so much to a band is how they how it gets produced what it looks like where what what location they choose um, I don't know. Yeah. Somehow that just kind of really is attractive to me from that. Yeah. Sean and standpoint. Sean and Tom, well, no, no longer Sean. I keep bringing him up cause he just moved to uh, Seattle, Portland, Seattle. Yeah. He just moved to Seattle. So, uh, we loved you, Sean, but, uh, Sean and Tom built that up, uh, <laughs> basically to try and match locations to bands, like kind of general aesthetic. So we list yeah, them right. out, uh-huh. you know, 15 options or something like that and they work with us to figure out which one they feel is best another oh, like it's like a mad of, lib like we want to yeah, do yeah. this <laughs> in this place and choose an adverb do you want it like yes that? yes <laughs> one of the best like matching i think of the band's aesthetic and the locational aesthetic is hatchy hatchy's like i don't know if you know her but it's kind of like 80s they're at a roller rink and she's like super like 80s montage film music 
like and hatchy hatchy i know yep. wax a hatchy i don't know hatchy no so. yeah yep yeah check her out you you'll love it that far out is amazing so it's in a roller ring it's very intentionally like campy but also super cinematic it's yeah. awesome it's got to be campy if it's in a roller rink right totally I mean, come on totally. Yes. <laughs> i remember when like roller rink was a thing you know oh we're doing a yeah. field trip to a roller rink oh yeah maybe, maybe they do that now maybe it's kind of come back but um that's super that's super cool um and you guys have a twitch channel too right yeah so yeah. do what you sorry jessica go ahead oh no <clears throat> no just uh you put all kinds of content up there so there's any kind of is it sort of different or just more interactive stuff or what it is sort of now we that's one of the platforms that we stream audio tree live through um like so when audio tree goes live like today we have a session at 4 p.m so uh we'll go live on YouTube and Facebook and Twitch all at the same time. Oh, okay. So it's really just another way for us to reach more people. Mm -hmm. um, but we started a Twitch channel like at the beginning of the pandemic because we were like sort of just like throwing ideas at the wall and being like, maybe this will be good. Right. So we had like an interview series for a while. And so it was all on, over Twitch at that point um, because like also at the time, like people were really trying to figure out, you know, what, how are we going to do entertainment during the pandemic? And so we were like, I guess we'll get a Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's yeah. now those, those series that we had have waned a bit just because we picked up part of mo most of our normal programming, but yeah, that's one which is there. Is that where that interview that I saw was on that was recorded off of there? Yeah. And we were, I was joking before about how you guys have fans and like, uh, you know, they're, they care. They either care about you or hate you enough to like flame you and stuff. As Blake adjusts his hair and it's stuff. So funny. <laughs> I look at the YouTube comments a lot, and I'll send Blake the ones that are like, "This guy sucks." Right. It's normally about. It's, oh, you're it's that normally polite. About I doubt cocaine. it. Everybody yeah, thinks I. Everybody thinks I do cocaine. I, I don't understand why. Is, I've never. Oh, done that's cocaine. like a common theme. That's weird. Yeah, it's a through line. Many people have referenced it that he seems coked out. Uh, on, on the Chon session, and I watched the Chon session, and I was like, "You just are asking them questions. Maybe I'm, <laughs> but I just I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it's warranted. I don't. Yeah, I, I I don't personally get it. I do know there's kind of depending on the band. I do know there's kind of like a it's not cool to look excited sort of thing with certain punk and like certain like sort of East coast indie people. So maybe that's the thing. It's like he does Coke because he smiles. I don't know. Huh? Yeah. I'm so not, I just don't like know about that sort of cultural kind of what yeah. it's supposed to be like or what. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe it's the same. Maybe it's like the same guy all the time. That's making that. Yeah, totally. totally. What, were, what were you saying, Jessica? I just, I just will never be able to be like too cool. Like, what's up, guys? Welcome to Audio Tree. I could, I don't care. Right, you like, gotta talk in like the low voice. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. No, I like the excitement, and it's fun. Our favorite, our favorite famous story though is that we were on Pitchfork. We were on Pitchfork. We were at Pitchfork. And um, a couple people came up to us because the two of us were walking around together with my buddy Ed. And we're like, hey, you're the audio tray people, right? And we were like, oh, yeah. sure are. <laughs> That's right. Stand back, people. Blake got recognized in Russia. I did get recognized in Russia by some Russians. By Russians themselves. Wow. Outside Is that like a... a 
outside of a concert of a band that like we had worked with before. How but cool is that? It was badass. Yeah. Wow. It was like, it was definitely incredible. I got uh, on that same trip. I got recognized by a dude at the airport Burger King in like Sweden when I was flying like at a layover. Um, I don't Holy know how that shit. happened either. Holy that was just shit. circumstantial. But. What about you, Jessica? You got like a humble brag going? No. no. Okay. <laughs> What's the scene like in Russia? Did you just go there for music? Uh, yeah, I actually, we did this. Uh, it's always so sad to me to bring up because it doesn't exist because the footage got taken. Oh, it's so annoying. But uh. we did this documentary. We followed this band for 20 days. They're called The Fall of Troy. I don't know if you're familiar with them or if you know who they are. No, um, no. But they, they broke up for a long time. They had a super strong cult following. So after like eight years they got back together to do an international tour and right. we just thought it'd be really cool me and at the time my buddy brian who worked for audio tree and another guy to go follow them on tour and like just film a little documentary thing so we did tons of interviews over that we filmed a bunch of shows i saw the craziest show i've ever seen in my life in st petersburg russia which is how i found out that specifically st petersburg is like a very liberal city in like a country that's incredibly incredibly conservative in terms of like not only like suppression of rights but also people's just like culturally it's yeah. not like accepted on average to sort of like scream out loud at a show whatever so like oh, the craziest so. craziest show of people like jumping off the balcony into crowds and stuff like that wow. And wow. that's also all connected to my joy and like love for international scenes which is why worldwide is like so close to my heart and there's a bunch of uh russian bands that we've already released and some other russian bands that will be coming out for audio tree worldwide but yeah the scene out there is wild man so wild i think it's like it's insanely aggressive because of i think that kind of fighting against your inner like everything's suffocated so you just have to get it out somehow and i think right. that's why their music is even their heavy music is just fucking brutal like the yeah. like the heaviest music <laughs> it's crazy Interesting. Interesting. So what are you guys seeing? And, um, uh, as we're kind of hopefully coming to a point where we're seeing live shows come back a little bit, um, you know, and that's progression is going to start, everyone's going to kind of start getting closer and closer and closer to one another, I think. And, um, how is that going to change what's going on at, um, at audio tree and how does that change your perspective on how to move forward out of this? Any either of you guys, Jessica, you want to tackle that one? Well, I think I think we have a pretty unique situation in that um, we are we sort of like between us, we're all like between Blake and I, we're always like we're kind of pandemic proof as a company because we were set up yeah. digitally and online, so we were we were like one of the few the business models to be able to like stay afloat during a pandemic, and the also on the other side of that when there's live music coming back, we still are going to operate pretty much normally because people, because also people see the benefit of live streaming a bit more now, both from a audience perspective. And then also from a band perspective, either a ticketing or B like a big part, I think of audio tree is being able to say like, this is what we look like live from like a pitch perspective, people will send like often a lot of promoters at, li at music venues will get audio tree sessions sent to them to be like, this is what we're like live. 
Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a win-win so, for like, everybody. Yeah. So coming out of the pandemic, I think if anything, I'm just excited to like have bands who are on tour come through again. Like I miss that. I miss the whole, I miss the energy around, around live music. Even you mean come just, and play at Lincoln hall or come through the audio tree studio. Yeah. yeah just playing. Both. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. The whole culture of touring when of it's course. back. Yeah, for I, sure. I for sure. I miss having bands come in and they're like, we are very tired and we've been on tour for two weeks yeah. and we're like, it's okay. Play your show. We're, You're safe we're now. You're safe right. now. Right. But um, how does how does that change what you're doing at Audio Tree now with so many bands that are not on tour and you know no one's on tour really for 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 the most part um coming through and or not I mean I, I don't mean coming through but being able to play and you know you're sort of not getting the no I'm on tour answer a lot right now, right? Yeah, we're just it just access from for like in my mind, it just access to more bands because yeah. we are just sort of limited by geography and or bands who are either vaccinated or who are willing to take the risk to travel because we, we require every band to submit proof of vaccination. One dose is fine. Like that's acceptable. You're 80 yeah. percent anyway. Um, and then and or like a negative COVID test before they perform. So that's already in our protocol, but what's stopping bands from coming out to Chicago and specifically being able to do audio tree live sessions is basically just the fact that tour routing is impossible or nearly non-existent unless you're in like the Southeast United States where apparently there isn't a pandemic question mark. Um, (laughs) So many tours are being like announced in the Southeast, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. One of my favorite like big time bands, Tedeschi Trucks bands just announced a whole thing in Southeast and like everyone's yeah. doing that. All the jam bands are going down there right now. And- yeah. They're going to be bank. Pardon? Dude, seriously. They're going to, they're going to, it'll be like, they're going to show up. They're going to make a lot of money. I bet. Absolutely. I mean, are. they're still supposed to be socially distant, but, um, hmm. uh, how is, um, one thing I was going to ask is, um, Changes at Lincoln Hall, anything going on there for specifically in terms of, you know, when, when are things going to start to get booked in or what's that looking like for the fall or summer? I think we, so we're not the people who are uh, booking there, but. But you're closer than me though. Yeah, yeah, true. (laughs) Um, But I think, so things are starting to be announced for the fall Uh um, at Shuba's and Lincoln Hall, but I think. I think it'll still be either late summer, early fall before like Lincoln hall is open. I think Shuba's will open a little bit sooner. It's because it's a restaurant too. So right. I think that Shuba's will have programming a little bit sooner than Lincoln hall, but Lincoln hall is looking at, you know, still a few months out. Right. I do right. know. I do know the only things that are like fully on the books right now are Lollapalooza after shows. It's still crazy to me to imagine that Lollapalooza will happen. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, they're thinking about after show. I just kind of, nothing's being talked about. They're so tied into city of Chicago restrictions, obviously. So, yeah, I just wonder if what I wonder is because the revenue stream from Lollapalooza is so good for the city of Chicago itself. I wonder if they've been, I imagine they've been in a lot of conversations with the city government to to get to that point like there's no way Lollapalooza would announce they're happening or like plan they're happening and like not have cleared that right now so I just am curious I'm with you though like I don't see how it's going to happen but I guess whatever <laughs> but so that yeah, no wait be- what you're saying what you're but 
they're having conversations, but no one's saying anything. There has not been any talk about Lala. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, yeah, you're you're right. I meant like internally, probably. No, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, just nothing. Like, I mean, if it were out in the in the field somewhere, you know, downstate, sure. yeah, that would be it. Would be happening. What do you think, Jessica? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it is, I understand that it's a really good revenue stream for Chicago and everything. And I do know that it is currently like not going to not canceled, but I, I don't know how I feel about Lollapalooza happening. I don't know if that's the best idea for anybody except for businesses. Um, Yeah. And, yeah, there's so much business. But the thing is, is that if you put on Lollapalooza, then you're going to do Taste of Chicago, then you're going to do Blue, then you got to do Blue. I mean, you don't have to, but what does that look like? Like, I just yeah, yeah. feels like and the also, Air and Water show and the the the, the whatever. I'm mean, probably missing one silly festival in there. Rib Fest or something. Yeah, yeah. right. Rib yeah. Fest. Yeah. But the other thing, on the other Rib hand, Rib Fest is on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. Yeah. Uh, the only the other on the other hand, I am thinking like I I'm fully vaccinated now, and I'm just wondering like, okay, so when does normal life start? Like the only reason that I'm like questioning Lollapalooza is because I'm like it doesn't seem long enough for something from like, now. From now, yeah. Even though a lot of people are getting vaccinated, and like so, I guess there there is a there is an argument to be made where it's like normal life does have to resume, but does it have to resume with the biggest festival in North America? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just talking to a friend this morning cause we were talking about the Tedeschi trucks tickets and he's like, I was like, so what I'm not going to go. I mean, there are some also in New Jersey, by the way. And wow. uh, I think there's a couple in Maryland or something. Um, not that this is like the shining example of anything. And I'm not really, I'm not going to talk negatively about it. I think social distancing no, no. has to do with each venue and each state, et cetera. Sure. Sure. And, um, I would like to think that bands don't want to put their fans, um, at risk for sure. But, um, yeah, Lala, I just think like there's so many people involved in that. I mean, so many fans will show up at that show. It just, it's not a good look. (laughs) It's downtown Chicago. Um, so we were talking about vaccination passports, right? Like what's that going to look like? And, I mean, I just like, we were giving out vaccinations and everyone's like, are you vaccinated or not? Or people are not, you know, obviously there's an anti-vax sentiment quite a bit, but let's show proof. I mean, I guess like that you're vaccinated. I don't know. It's like, there's. I I personally am very, I would be like, hell yeah, sign me up. I will, would love that. But I just don't see it happening in like the American political landscape. I think people would lose their minds. They'd be like, my rights. Well, I don't know though. I, I, I believe in personal freedom and I believe in the freedom to choose (laughs) on so many different levels. Um, but if you're not going to protect yourself, uh, kind of at a basic level and yeah, I know, look, I have a dog. I'm in the park all the time. I talk to a lot of different people. (laughs) One of my favorite dogs in the park is owned by a guy that just isn't, will not do it. He's like, yeah. I'm, um, I don't want to be, I'm not going to be part of the lar- world's largest clinical trial. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I, I make that same face, Jessica. I yeah. I'm, I just, I'm wincing at that as well. Like, yeah. okay. I had a couple signed if I'm fully vaxxed I, and I'm t- two weeks out was my yesterday 420. So I'm done yes. and dusted, you know? So, yes. 
Um, but yeah, like show proof. Like if you don't want to get vaxxed, don't come to the show. And if you're not get the show, and if you're at the show, like, okay, well, here's this, you know, not like that silly cardboard piece of paper with a sticker on it that says, yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't know. Where, what do you, where do you guys stand? Where does, what's audio trees official? Word yeah. On? This is audio trees official stance. Yeah. <laughs> Everything we say aligns with the company. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> no disclaimer, the opposite of that. All right. No. This so now we're just fans talking about going to shows and vac <laughs> vaccinations. I'm going to, I'm going to, I can't wait. I'm so excited. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, no, I'm, yeah, that goes without saying. Shit, fuck yeah. Oh yeah, I'm I'm way on board with um the, the passport. I my wife is a nurse practitioner, so she's obviously had a really like intense time during yeah, all of wow. this. Uh, she hasn't been in, in the ICU or anything like that, but so for her, it's very difficult to like hear people arguing they don't want to do this thing, you know. But but whatever. So I have a, I have a, a perspective com coming from that, I suppose. But the biggest thing she says. Is, you know, if like people are worried about discrimination um, or like, you know, selecting only a certain percentage of the population, like by using passports, we've been doing that in the public school system for like 100 exactly. years. So like yep. basically like your kid can't go if they don't have their like right. MMRP. So it's just gonna, or MMR. So it's just going to be like that's just going to be is. part of Measles, mumps, it. rubella. Yeah, yeah. So it's just it doesn't. I don't know. It's I, I get it. I get why people are like they feel it like they feel some way about like the government telling them they need to do something. But I don't know. I just I, I see the social re responsibility and the community devastating effects of a pandemic totally outweighing so outweighing a chip in my arms so the government can watch me, which is already in my phone. This is but this is the population of people who a didn't even think COVID was real and B didn't even wear a mask, which is the bare minimum. It's like, put this on your face, please, please. Right. And so yeah. I don't, I am so cynical, I think. <laughs> well, but then, then like, what do you think about um, like the economic impact of uh, a concert promoter, not wanting to force people to only come if they're vaccinated and show proof of yeah. such? Yeah, because then you could get more. You could, yeah. That's definitely, I think, especially because music in general is so, uh, how you say, not lucrative, that if you're <laughs> going to put further restrictions on stuff, people who go to Lollapalooza are like a lot of, like I went I went to high school in Oak Park, so I had a lot of friends who would go into the city um, oh, and yeah. they would like just be like teens just on so many drugs at the Perry stage. Yeah. They're not be like sorry no i'm rolling but please stay six feet from me right, six feet away. right yeah. exactly yeah 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 <laughs> unless they make it fun like have everyone in a bubble like at a flaming lips concert yeah right? yeah win coin yeah let's get him <laughs> yeah. i mean i saw the lips at the at, at lala quite a while ago so anyway i'm glad to get your take on all that kind of stuff i think it's super interesting i'm looking forward to uh to everything opening up. And um, I want to make a shout out to Ryan, the doorman at Lincoln Hall, because he's always yes. done me right, too, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully he's, I'm always think like, is he, when I think of employees, I think of a lot of people over at Dally, because I know that venue really well. And then I think of uh, the guys that work the door at Lincoln Hall. I hope Ryan's going to uh, be back. I hope he hasn't like, I don't even know his last name. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it's the right guy, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The man over there. Um, so thanks for all, uh, thanks for the time and for being here, you two. And, um, I love what you're doing at audio tree and, um, 
It's great stuff, man. It's great stuff. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. It's so amazing. And Jessica, good luck with uh, the EP. When is that coming out? Uh, single on April 30th and full length, uh, not full length, but the EP on May 21st. May 21st. Awesome. My yep. sister's birthday. Great. So I won't forget that. Oh, yeah. What's that? birthday to your sister thank you thank you I'll, I'll, I'll relay that she doesn't thank listen you. to my podcast yeah <laughs> oh, yeah god those family members they're always like do i have to listen to everything right you get uh, that yes, yes. <laughs> all right you two this was super fun thanks a lot for being here yeah thank you. all right take care bye okay that was Jessica Mindrum and Blake Norris of Audio Tree. Um, that was really great to uh, learn so much more about uh, this uh, streaming and live music production company that's really kind of uh, in the sweet spot right now with uh, with shows not really being a thing. I mean, we're getting closer, but um, there's so much content. I think one of the things that Blake said, like that right off the bat when a COVID hit that um, their backlog of live performances that were available uh, online were just being watched um, all the time. And clearly there are so many different bands today that are, uh, that want to get in front of their fans in a live performance setting and doing so with audio tree, uh, either coming through Chicago or uh, on any kind of the different series that audio tree provides is advantageous to, to bands and uh, with the revenue sharing that Audio Tree has as well, um, you know it's a beneficial win-win for for both sides. Um, like I said at the top, I I really enjoyed the the Far Out series that places bands uh, in different uh, areas outside of the studio, but in unique locations, kind of like a music video type of scenario. But um, yeah, of course, uh, there's always a live music and um, and uh, being performed at Shuba's and Lincoln Hall. Um, uh, which Audio Tree owns, and I think that's um, that's super cool. And uh, you know, ticketed platforms for live music. Uh, we'll uh, we'll see how that continues to evolve as we move forward towards what hopefully are in person live shows in the near future. And I uh, look forward to more great acts that are curated and uh, uh, by Jessica and Blake. And uh, you know, perhaps someday they'll get back into the studio, hopefully soon, and uh, do the host live hosting of bands because um, those interviews are always uh, super interesting and cool and uh, clearly Blake and Jessica have uh, have those uh, those great skills so thanks again to both of them for being here and thanks to all of you for being here for this special episode of Road Case with uh, with Jessica Mindrum and Blake Norris on this episode of Road Case Thanks again so much for listening. And I'd like to encourage everyone to get involved with Roadcase. You can do so in a number of different ways. You can email me at info at roadcasepod.com with questions, comments, and even suggestions for guests. Or you can follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at RoadcasePod. And we have a YouTube channel called Roadcase Podcast. And if you are able to and like to support Roadcase, we have a Patreon site at patreon.com slash roadcasepod. 
And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And if you could please rate and review the podcast while you're there, that would be great. So I want to thank Waltzer for this awesome theme music that we have. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to Roadcase. We have a lot of great episodes coming up, so I'll see you on down the road. Yeah.